pull up the sermon here. So, ever since the week before Thanksgiving, we've been inundated with booklets of ads. Now I have here on my desk ads from Target, Cabela's, um, let's see, PetSmart, Sports Authority, Kohl's, Bonton, um, even Ace Hardware and Toys R Us, even Dollar General. You know, the, the newspapers are approaching the size of little phone books. So the TV ads are even over the top. You know, if you, if you be in worship at West Grove this morning, you'd see the, uh, a GameStop commercial. It's a 30-second commercial that, um, that the guy goes, hey, little, hey, son, I got something for you. And with one hand, he reaches out and shows a, uh, shows a, a game like to play on, a, I don't know, an Xbox or something. And then the little boy gets all excited, and then he goes, oh, I got you another game, too. And with another hand, he comes out, shows him two games. And the boy goes, oh, you're kidding, Dad. That's, that's awesome. And then there's a third hand that comes out from the guy, and he goes, oh, I got you this one, too. And the little kid's, like, stunned because um, Dad has three hands being held out. And with that, the little, kid, the little boy jumps up and down, and he has three hands as well. He's going, oh, yay, yay, thank you, thank you. So... What it, I think what it's expressing to me is that we are, being, we are being bludgeoned to buy, to spend, to go in debt, and to lavish more and more stuff on our friends and our families. So my question to you is this. If we didn't have these booklets, these ads, these over-the-top commercials, this extraordinary pressure to buy and spend, what would you want for Christmas? What is it that your heart mostly longs for and yearns for? What is your deepest, deepest desires? Is it truly to have more stuff? To have the latest and greatest, the shiniest, the most colorful model? Or is it something else? Something more lasting, something more precious, something more intimate, maybe something more eternal? Something that won't break or rust or become outdated or outmoded? Something perhaps like, like joy, something like peace or hope, something like being deeply loved and totally accepted just as you are. Is that what you really want for Christmas? You know, for Nelson Mandela, his Christmas list for 27 years in prison, and certainly his daily wish was for equality, freedom, a unified South Africa, he held firmly to an unrelenting hope for humankind. Well, friends, I believe that our scripture reading today speaks to our deepest desires and our longings in life. I think the Apostle Paul nails it and completes our Christmas list for us. So today we're going to look at how the scriptures work together to give us a lasting hope, a lasting joy. And we'll look at what creates our unity and ability to accept one another as Christ accepted us. Just two simple points but oh boy, what powerful life-changing points. How the scriptures work to give us hope and what creates our ability to accept one another. First, how do the scriptures work together to give us a lasting hope? Well, God is a covenant-making God. God loves us so very, very, very much that he make, makes packs of agreements with us for our own eternal good. In fact, you could read this whole book, this whole Bible, as a love letter to us. And all you have to do 
is understand how much we are loved by God and then respond to his extravagant love. Let me give you some examples. In Genesis 9, after the great flood, where the entire earth was wiped out except for Noah and his family, he created a covenant that said this would never happen again. God promised that he would never, ever wipe out his people like that again. And what did he create as a sign of this covenant? The rainbow. A simple, colorful rainbow in the sky. But here's the significance of the rainbow. The rainbow is shaped like a hunter's bow. It's where it gets the name bow. It doesn't look like a Christmas bow. It's a hunter's bow. And which way is the hunter's bow facing? Not toward us. No, God is not aiming this deadly weapon toward us, but toward himself. By doing this, he is saying, I am making this agreement with you, and the bow is aimed at me. In the future, to give you a lasting hope, I will take on my own arrows for your wickedness, your sins, your waywardness. You can't do anything to earn your way into heaven. All you can do is rely on me. Trust me and believe that I will do this. Trust me and believe in me. Allow me to rescue you in your deepest need. I am not a God to be feared, but I'm a self-giving God, a God of love, a God to worship, a God to adore. So friends, you'll, when you see a rainbow in the sky, Notice where the bow is pointed, and then think of this powerful commitment by Almighty God. Another example is the covenant God makes with Abram in Genesis 15. In this covenant, God agrees to bless Abram with descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and to give them their own land. Abram was 75 years old and childless when this covenant was made. 75 and childless. And to seal this covenant, God asks Abram to perform the covenant ritual of that day, where parties making an agreement would divide animals in two pieces, and then both parties would walk between the pieces. This act would signify that if either party broke the agreement, they would become like these animals, cut in half, cut into pieces. This graphic, bloody ritual showed the seriousness of the contract. So God asked Abram to divide a heifer, a goat, and a ram, each in two pieces, and lay the pieces out. Then God did the most amazing thing. God, as a smoking fire pot and a blazing torch, passed through the pieces of animals alone. Alone. Abram did not have to pass through. So God was making a one-sided pact or covenant. God was making this powerful statement. God would take on the penalty himself if we broke the covenant. Just as the bow was pointed toward God, so God is the one who would be cut into pieces if we don't keep our side of the covenant. Do you see how much God loves you? How many contracts do we sign today where the other party says, you know, if you can't pay your bill or meet your end of the bargain, I'll cover it for you. If you break this contract, I will pay the penalty. God is going way, way over the top for us, my friends. God is saying, I believe in you. I love you. I want more for you than you could possibly want for yourself. 
So these are just two of the many examples throughout the Bible where God expresses an unwavering, undaunted, unmerited love for you and for me. And if this doesn't give you hope, permit me a fascinating aside. Nelson Mandela held to hope for 27 years in prison, 27 long back-breaking years. In Genesis, Abram did not have Isaac, the child of God's promise, for 25 years after this covenant with God. 25 long years. So friends, do you see why in verse 4 it says, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Friends, over and over and over again in these scriptures, God points to a simple message that has huge ramifications for our lives. The bow was pointed at God, and God went through the animal pieces for us. The one who took the arrows and was cut in two for you and me was Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He did this willingly for you and for me so that if we simply believe it and accept it, we live righteously before Almighty God, and we receive eternal hope, lasting joy, and abundant peace. That's what this holy storybook called the Bible is all about. Finally, to hammer this point home, if God's one-sided covenants aren't enough for you to have faith and hope, our text today shows four examples from Hebrew Scripture that, that, um, that progress from Jews praising God among the Gentiles to being with the Gentiles to Gentiles praising God alone to the root of Jesse, who, who is Jesus Christ, being Lord of all nations, even to us as Gentiles. You see, when we let Jesus Christ's grace melt our hearts, we can live with a hope that will never, ever die. Okay, so a shorter point here is, so we will now look at what creates our unity and our ability to accept one another, as Christ accepted us. So to make this point, we have to go back to our original question, what do you truly, truly want for Christmas. Well, back in the 80s, I heard a pastor say this, that pubs, saloons, and bars were becoming filled with people searching for authentic relationships. People were going to pubs to have their deep desires for community met rather than going to church. So it made me think of the TV show Cheers, a setting where the same old crowd would gather, hang out, and demonstrate real, zany, but authentic care for one another. Their theme song included the phrase, sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. So let's see. So let's listen to just um, a minute of the, of the Cheers theme song. Um, some of you might remember this. It was back in 82 to 93, I think, is when this show aired. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? All those nights when you've got no light, the check is in the mail. And your little angel hung the cat up by its tail. And your third fiance didn't show. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. 
friends, isn't that what we want? A gathering place where we are uplifted, encouraged, accepted just exactly as we are. No pretenses, no faking it, no holier-than-thou routines, no dressing up and hiding our quirks and bad habits. A place where we can share our humanity. We can share our doubts. We can share our fears and not be put down, ridiculed, or ostracized. My dearest friends, that is exactly the message here from the Apostle Paul. He's writing to the Romans and praying for them in verse 5. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus, so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He then writes, Accept one another, then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. You see, God makes one-sided covenants, promises to be cut into pieces for us, and sends his only son, Jesus Christ, to love us into a joyous, peace-filled hope. For this reason, in Christ and in Christ alone, we can come together in unity, in hope, and in acceptance of one another. Dearest friends, our main goal here at First Mobile Church is to know Jesus Christ. When we know him more and more intimately, when we accept his one-sided covenant of grace, when we allow his extravagant love to hold first place in our hearts, the spirit of unity and acceptance will make this an encouraging, uplifting, joyous, peace-filled place, not only at Christmas time, but all the time. That's what I want for Christmas. Friends, what do you want for Christmas? Let us pray. Loving and holy God, thank you for going above and beyond, for sending Jesus Christ, for making covenants with us that, that as long as we believe in you and trust in you, Lord, we will have life, abundant, blessed, and eternal. Lord, we thank you for your self-giving love. Help us to, to get it, to understand it, and to accept one another. Accept one another just exactly as we are. Exactly as we are. No judgment, because Christ accepted us and even came and died for us. We pray it in his matchless and holy and saving name. Amen. Well, let's see here. Um.